listening to First Church Charlotte. Hello everyone, my name is Nathan. It is my honor to be the pastor of First Church Charlotte. We are located in the east side of the city. Uh, if you have a chance to visit, we would love to host you. We would love to get to know you. We are continuing some Bible study time together on understanding spiritual battle in our lives, understanding the power of the enemy. I've spent a few weeks talking about Satan as a created being and as a spiritual way. Uh, he is both that which God created and is real, but real in the spirit realm, uh, not, not physical as a person in our physical being, but in a spiritual way, uh, he is very much a real created being. Uh, but more importantly than his, uh, than his essence, uh, the nature of his being, um, is the way he represents, because that is how he tempted Adam and Eve to turn from a life of focus upon God and submission to God to a life of, as it were, protesting God by exalting self and arguing with God, judging God, uh, the opposite of submission, the opposite of worship. Um, and so I want to take a few moments tonight and talk about what a real spiritual warfare looks like in our individual lives. And my title is simply this, The Boring Battle. I probably should have titled it The Boring, Boring Battle, or maybe even The Boring, 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 Boring Battle. You get the idea here. Um, real spiritual warfare is a grueling battle with temptation in our lives. Now, it's more than that, of course, but let's, let's be practical about how each of us live the minute by minute, hour by hour experience of our life. I had a, a wonderful grandfather. Um, he wasn't my biological grandfather. He was a grandfather through marriage, but he really was a gift of God to a very, very sensitive young boy, um, very awkward, um, uh, very fearful um, young man uh, who was me. And he, he was able to provide some uh, joy in a time of my life when I needed that uh, from, from an elder. Um, and he was really a, a, God's, a godsend to me. And he had, he had served in World War II. Uh, he had, his, his mission specialty was a forward artillery observer. And so he would be near the front lines working with the frontline troops to call in um, artillery. Uh, they, there was airplanes, but they didn't have quite, it's not like today where everything was digital. He mainly worked with artillery and calling back to artillery. And he, he also was an expert a marksman, and so he ended up serving in both of those roles. Uh, he had marched across Germany. He was at the crossing of the Rhine, and I, the Rhine River, into Germany. And I, as a young boy, I was fascinated by this in the manner of many young boys. Um, it awakened within me a, a passion for military history, and I spent many, many, an absurd amount of time in my young life reading uh, everything I could find on uh, military history. Um, during those years, I actually thought I would pursue a, a career in the military, but um, I had a different uh, military that I ultimately joined, and so <laughs> you understand, you understand that. 
um, I would always ask him, you know, what was it like? Just imagine a little boy pestering his grandfather. And he would never really, he was not open with it. He didn't tell me, you know, these dramatic stories like you hear some people. That wasn't his story at all. Um, he would almost always say some version of this. It's confusing. It's more confusing than you think it is. Um, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's much more exhausting than you think it is. Um, it is boring. It is terribly, terribly boring, except when it isn't. And then it's terrifying. And then that's a short little bit. Then it's boring, 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 and basically miserable. That, that was the story I was told over and over uh, again. So with that in mind, I would like to say this to all of you. That's exactly how I feel about temptation. <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> it's exhausting. It is boring. Oh my goodness, enough already. And it's basically miserable. And yet, it's real. So imagine asking a combat vet who really spent some time uh, exposed to the, the combat, not just the logistical as it were, a supply line of the army, but really close to the, the horror of the war. Um, and to have them tell you, somebody who's really been there, have them tell you how it's just confusion, it's, it's, it's exhausting, it's boring, it's, it's basically miserable. It's basically some version of, okay, all of us are going to go over here, and then we're going to try to get to there. And between here and there, people are going to try to kill us and we're going to try to kill them. And there's going to be all sorts of drama and blood. And it's going to be, it's not dramatic. I feel that way exactly about uh, temptation. Uh, it is a grind. And yet, temptation is real spiritual battle. In fact, all of us, no matter our age, no matter where we come from, all of us are fighting a daily battle with temptation, including the preacher. Never trust a preacher who acts like he's doesn't, he or she doesn't face temptation. Uh, they are <laughs> uh, deceiving you, intentionally, maybe not intentionally, uh, but they're certainly deceiving themselves. Uh, this is real spiritual battle. You're going to be tempted. And here's the interesting thing that I think we miss. I think we miss this. We, particularly if you were raised in a certain type of theological context, a certain type of religious background, you grew up thinking that temptation was really about uh, saved or lost. Like, I'm saved because I didn't do it. I wanted to do it, but I didn't do it. That's why I'm saved. Oh, I slipped. I did it. Now I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. I got to repent. Now I'm saved. I'm saved. Um, maybe you didn't. Maybe you grew up with a, a more nuanced and mature theology than that. But um, as a young man, I very much had a sense of that. Like, I'm good enough for heaven. I'm not good enough for heaven. Oh, now I'm good enough for heaven. Now I'm not good enough for heaven. Um, you understand what I'm saying? Um, I, I experienced temptation that way for, really for a lot of my, my younger years. And it took time, it took patience, it took study, and it took a, a breakthrough <laughs> into the victory of the cross. And what Christ did for us by becoming our Passover, judgment passes over, you understand? Um, if we don't fall in temptation, we're still not good enough to deserve salvation. Now, this is hard for us. It is. Um, because a lot of us find fear more motivating than love. Um, and for some people, particularly of a certain personality type, it's a great beginning. I'm certainly not against it. Uh, there is much to be said about the fear of the Lord. But that is not the, that, that's not the, um, the door 
of divine opportunity that's been opened to you through Jesus Christ. It's more than servanthood. This is a love story. And so, um, even if we don't give in to temptation, we err when we think, oh, now we're saved. As though by not giving in to temptation, we're good enough for salvation. This is, this is um, immature. Um, it's weak theology. Um, we're never good enough for salvation. Our best efforts are still filthy. What we need is the gift of God in our life. Now, so what does that mean temptation is for us? If it's not always a type of bridge to schizophrenic salvation, now you're saved, now you're not, now you're saved, now you're not. If that's not what it is, uh, what, what is it? Well, uh, it is something much more deep than simply, you know, that I'm in, I'm out, now I'm out. Now I'm in, now I'm out. It, it's much more than that. A temptation is the battle on who you're becoming. Temptation is the battle of the way you are walking. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in, in a moment. Even, so real quick, three foundational uh, truths. Even if you avoided temptation, you still wouldn't deserve salvation. Salvation is the gift of God. Number two, winning over temptation directly affects who you become. It affects the way you walk in. Remember, your choices, your free will, define your future self. That is why God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, uh, you will reap. Um, that is why even with the gift of salvation, we are still becoming. We are creatures in time, and therefore we are becoming. God is not in time. Time is in God, and God is not becoming. God is the same yesterday, today, and uh, forever. But we are becoming, and who are we becoming? What are we becoming? That is where the battle is fought. Free will has downstream consequences. What stream are we talking about? Well, the stream of time, of course. Uh, that is something to understand. Our choices, the battle with temptation, defines who we become. I don't believe you're immediately lost upon making an error. If you were, there's a high probability that if the Lord were to return, uh, there would be something you had not yet repented for. I mean, think about how often you repent. Uh, that wasn't really uh, ideal, or at least if it wasn't a sin of commission, it was a sin of omission. I don't believe there's this kind of quick draw salvation, God's just excited for a reason to send you to hell. Um, I don't think the Bible bears that out. Now, I know you can string together two or three verses here and there and then ignore the rest of it. Uh, some people are experts at that and they spend their whole life uh, trying to match God to their personality. But if you look at the whole of it, you understand the goodness of God in our life and the manner in which he has made a way for imperfect us, <laughs> flawed us, flawed you. You know you're more flawed than me. Did I get that backwards? Okay, I know I'm more flawed than you. God's made a way for us, imperfect us, broken us, insecure us, sinful us, to be saved, how? Through Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. Um, so uh, these uh, are some foundational things. Um, and I, let me just start with two. Uh, and that is number one, if you avoided temptation, you still wouldn't deserve salvation. That's God's gift. That's God's making a way in your life. Number two, uh, winning over temptation is not so much about whether or not you're going to be saved this second. Eventually, yes, because it's a heart issue. But um, it's not some type of, I don't believe, 
quick draw, schizophrenic, in, out, in, out, in, out. Um, however, the battle we fight with temptation is very much formative to who we become. So let's talk about some practical things about uh, temptation. Um, awareness matters. In the battle of temptation, this is the boring war, <laughs> real world spiritual battle. Temptation um, is, is, is in your life and you need, to be, you need to be wise to it. Awareness matters. We don't need to be um, ignorant of Satan's devices in our life. We also need to be aware of ourselves. You have certain temptations you ought not to test yourself on. Um, and you need to be honest about that. Um, there's, and I could, I could give you personal uh, insight uh, that I know that I, I don't need to be I don't need that I don't need to be exposed to that because uh, that gets me you understand I don't act like you don't have something like that you do um, when I was a young preacher old preachers used to always um, um, talk about the things that were going to to watch out for as a preacher and um, it, it was always kind of put into a funny a way of saying it you know uh, um, Glory, gold, or girl, something like that, you know, something funny. That, that temptation that you're, you're exposed to, um, we all have that. So we need to be aware of ourselves, um, and we need to be aware of how temptation comes, and we need to be aware that we have a spiritual enemy. doesn't have power over us, but we'll use everything in our life to trap, trick, taunt, and ultimately destroy us. The second uh, practical insight you need to have to this boring battle of fighting against temptation is your focus matters. What you focus on matters. Your heart will follow your eyes. Now, I don't simply mean in the sense that you look at something sinful, oh, that's very real. Um, not everybody is as visual in their lust as as others. Some people are very visual, some not so much. That's That's a truth, but not necessarily what I'm talking to, talking about uh, your heart will follow your eyes. What do you focus on? So let me ask it differently. Your heart will follow your, 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 your vision. What are you looking at? So if you, if you spend a lot of time watching some movies that glorify a certain lifestyle, uh, it's going to, yeah, it, it's going to start influencing your heart. May not be immediately, but let's be aware, number one. Number two, your focus matters. What are you focused on? Focused on and that's why um, you need to keep worship as the foundation of your heart and your way. Uh, the third thing that is practical insight to this boring battle against foundation is we need to stay in the word. Even Jesus quotes scripture to the tempter. This is important. Um, if you are facing something, don't just try to uh, as it were, rally your will, find the scriptures that directly apply and quote that scripture as a weapon in your hand. So, uh, I uh, three practical insights. Um, number one, uh, you need to be aware of temptation, uh, aware of your susceptibility to temptation, aware of the enemy in your life. Um, number two, um, you need to, in some way, uh, Admit that what you are focusing on is forming your heart. You could focus upon the things of God. You could focus upon the promises of God. You could focus on ministry and calling and purpose. Uh, or you could focus on entertainment and whatever you desire and your wishes. Uh, but your heart will follow your focus. And number three, um, you need to stay in the Word. Uh, what you're fighting, quote Scripture to. Stay in the Word. So let me give you, I think, one of the most powerful images in all the word of the Lord for the boring battle 
the long struggle against the human heart where it wants to serve self and the kingdom of God beckons us to be a worshiper, beckons us to work in his uh, vineyards, do you see? Uh, so I think that passage that is very, very helpful is the passage of the armor of the Lord. This is in Ephesians 6. I'll read it in the New Living Bible and uh, we will point out a few details uh, together. Uh, this is verse 10. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, New Living Bible. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. There's some deep Bible study right there. Not taking the time tonight. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So, here we go, armor of God. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. Now, belt, don't think just holding your britches up. Think in terms of a manner in which a soldier carries all of the needed uh, equipment into the battle. Uh, and so see it that way. Um, it is the manner in which you carry everything you need to fight with you uh, into, into battle. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, the gospel, so that you will be fully prepared in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So, here we go. Uh, verse number 14, we are equipped by truth and we are protected by righteousness. Who is righteous? Are we righteous? Some people think they're righteous. The Bible tells us who is righteous. What righteousness do we put on? We put on that covering, that spiritual Passover covering. We understand that we are protected from judgment by Christ's righteousness, that substitution of his righteousness for our unrighteousness. So we are equipped by truth. Know your Bible. We are equipped by it. Study, study to be able to explain. Be prepared to give an answer. We are equipped by truth and we are protected by righteousness, the knowledge that we are covered by Christ's righteousness. Verse 15, progress results from embracing the gospel. Progress, I'm using the image of shoes here. You gotta go anywhere, do anything, accomplish anything, put on your shoes. It's the gospel that allows you to progress. In other words, if the Lord had not made this road, no one would be walking on it. Uh, and so verse number 16, uh, faith is how we resist spiritual attack. So how are you being attacked in your life? Think about that. Choose faith. How are you being assaulted by fear and doubt and depression? Choose faith. Faith is how you resist all of that. Number seven, uh, verse number 17, uh, get your head right. <laughs> how? You need to know and believe you are saved. Put on the helmet of salvation. Get your head right. You're saved. No, you're not good enough to be saved. That's not what you're dependent on. You're saved through the work of the cross. You're saved by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get that in your head. That's a helmet of salvation to you. And finally, verse number 18, 
you really ought to get in the Word of God. You ought to quote it. You ought to pray it. You ought to sing it. You ought to find the scriptures that speak to your current context and need. Get in the Word of God. So put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Verse number 18. Let's finish up. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. We are in a rather boring battle. I'm not saying it isn't deadly. I'm saying in the manner of so many veterans who I've talked to, war is boring. Yes, it's terrible, but it's miserable. Yes, it's fearful, but it's also exhausting. You get the idea. Um, this is a boring battle, a long, seemingly endless, boring battle. Let me end with a funny story. I believe it was um, uh, N.A. Urshan who told this story. He's went on now uh, to be with the Lord, but um, he told the story about how he was preaching at a church and a young man came up to him and he said, I can't wait till I'm as old as you because then I won't be tempted anymore. I won't have temptation in my life. And he said that, he kind of laughed at that because that wasn't really how it felt to be him. But right soon after that, he was uh, bought something and he used a $100 bill to buy something at a store, um, big, big box store. And the person checking him out counted out his change. And rather than give him tens, she counted out hundreds in his hand. So there was like, rather than, you know, getting uh, six or seven $10 bills. He got six or seven $100 bills. And he said he wasn't really paying attention. And he, when he finally looked down and saw a handful of $100 bills, he laughed to himself and remembered what that young man had said to him about how, I can't wait till I'm as old as you and then I won't have any temptation in my life. He's like, I'm holding a handful of $100 bills and I'm thinking, oh, no temptation in my life. And of course, he told the story, you know, he gives, he corrects her mistake and she's filled with thankfulness, you know. I, I would have lost my job, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, great story. Uh, temptation is with all of us. There's no path away from it. But don't let the enemy use temptation and even your failures to say, that's why you're not going to be saved. You aren't good enough. You were never good enough. And even if you had resisted the temptation, you still wouldn't have been good enough. That's not what's going on here. You are choosing a way that God has invited you to walk. You are choosing the kingdom of heaven. You should fight temptation. Trust God for your salvation, yes. Repent of your sins, your stinking sins. Repent. Having done so, believe. Put on that helmet of salvation. I'm saved because of God's goodness. I was never going to be good enough. But then recognize that you're becoming. You are a creature in time. And what you sow, you are going to reap. So choose the good and see out of blessing flows more of blessing and out of strength flows more strength and to him that hath more shall be given. That's enough preaching for tonight. Lord, bless your people. Be with them, guide them, anoint them. Bring us together on Sunday for a great time as we come together. We've been out among the world, among people, the unchurched, the unsaved. And on Sunday, you bring us back together. Uh, fill us, bless us, strengthen us, and put us back out again. Lord, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, 
Come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.